Welcome to the Low Rates High Returns podcast where we'll uncover the timeless investment principles so you can escape the rat race, earn passive income and create lasting wealth. I'm Pete Wargent, investor and financial coach and I'm joined by Stephen Moriarty, private investor and the co-author of our new book, Low Rates High Returns. In each episode of this podcast, we talk about the crucial concepts around managing your own money, how to invest, when to invest and the key lessons we've learned along the way about generating passive income. The things we discuss in this episode shouldn't be taken as financial advice, and we recommend you reach out to a licensed professional advisor who can help you with your unique circumstances. Enjoy the show. We're always talking about investing, and we understand that is why so many folks follow us. But we do like to broaden things out and keep life interesting, so we're going to do a mini-series on the 4Fs model for life. Fun, fitness, finance and philosophy. Money is a means to an end for many of us, and while it can help to express who we are, we think at some point all of us should take a look at what makes for a successful life, whether that's as a single person, a parent, a mentor or simply a student of life. So we hope you enjoy this series. It's the 4Fs model for life. Fun Fitness, Finance and Philosophy with me, Pete Wargen and Stephen Moriarty. Cheers. G'day, welcome to the Low Rates, High Returns podcast with me, Pete Wargen. I'm here as always with Stephen Moriarty. G'day, Steve. How are you, Pete? I'm really good, thanks. So today we're going to do the second of our four Fs. So just to recap, the four Fs model, Fun Fitness, Finance and Philosophy. So today, Steve, we're looking at fitness excellent <laughs> i hope i can add some value <laughs> yeah well it's a it's a bit of it it's not a one-size-fits-all of course when it comes to uh, healthy eating and fitness it's about finding something that works for you so just uh, by way of an intro i caught up with my old man yesterday and uh, i did read a study somewhere that said from the age of 32 onwards, you start turning into your old man or your parents and <laughs> in the sense that, you know, you stop listening to new music and you start bagging new fashion and then you start nagging your kids. So I've, I've become very conscious of observing what my dad is, is like. I mean, he's always been a bit of an antisocial bugger, but particularly as it re- relates to the four Fs. He, when he was younger, um, like a lot of people of his generation, he was an avid smoker then he moved on to smoking a pipe but I think as people started to understand that smoking wasn't a healthy thing he got into running these days he's doing about four or five hours a day of gardening so that's become his thing and he's clearly found you know for him it's something he doesn't wake up and think oh you know what have I got to do for fitness he's found something that he he really enjoys it gets him outside he doesn't need to talk to anybody so it's quite a good example of how with the four Fs, you've got to find something that works for you and something that you enjoy because if that's the case, you're much more likely to stick with it. Yeah, absolutely. I think Paul Keating, I was just when you're talking about your dad doing gardening, you know, like it's interesting because we generally think of fitness as something that's hard. It, it You know, like you've got to work out hard and no pain, no gain and all that sort of stuff. Whereas really for, I can tell you, 58, um, I've given up on that idea. Um, <laughs> both both the pain and the gain. The general idea is that you look after both your physical health and your mental health as well. And, you know, like gardening is one of those things that is, 
as you get older, a really good thing for your physical health, but also for your mental health as well. And so it's, again, like you said at the start, and like we always say, it's not really about saying, oh, you've got to eat meat and vegetables, or oh, you've got to stay away from alcohol, or you've got to stay away from coffee. It's really finding the your, the balance or whatever suits you according to, you know, your age and your lifestyle. And because I often see those things where, you know, Billy Bloggs works out daily and, you know, he's 65 and he's, you know, built like the proverbial, you know, and you sort of think, brick, yeah. Brick outhouse. Yeah. <laughs> brick outhouse, thanks very much. <laughs> <laughs> Close your ears, kids. Um, and sort of, you know, you think, right, yeah, well, that's really what I should be like. You know, if he can do it, I can do it. And, but you, you sort of look at it sometimes and think, they're in the gym for three hours a day and it consumes their whole life. And I don't know whether that's really what, you know, the balance that we're looking for. Yeah, that's right. So I guess there are really two parts to this uh, fitness part of the 4F. So firstly, there's the uh, the concept of a healthy eating plan or diet. And secondly, what's the best approach to fitness and exercise? Uh, I think in, in terms of diet, I'm sure I've read somewhere that as soon as you start talking about a diet, people have the concept of eating less and trying to avoid things, whereas probably a more positive way to think about that is in terms of a of an eating plan. Yeah. You know, it's the fuel for your day, essentially. And in terms of fitness, I think uh, these days uh, almost nobody uh, argues with the concept of uh, exercise and movement being a good thing for you, healthy body, healthy mind, as yeah. they say. I think, the, as you said, the... The things these days it's become such a big industry in fact both eating and uh, exercises but they're both huge industries and to a certain degree you need to approach these things with a skeptical eye uh, because everybody seems to be pushing their own angle uh, so it's about finding something that works for you so let's start steve then with the the concept of eating for fitness i think as you said i mean you're a carnivore i'm a vegan you know there's obviously lots of different ways to to do all of this uh, this stuff and it it's not really about necessarily debating how much uh, meat or vegetables you might need we know that uh, the you know health and fitness is a boom industry but how do you think people should go about the idea of uh, working out a healthy eating plan i, th- I think you hit it before when you said the word skeptic the the one issue that really sticks in my mind is the idea of drinking water and i found out a few years ago that it was basically Coke and, you know, the industry that promoted the idea that you had to drink two litres of water per day. And suddenly everybody walked around carrying water bottles. Whereas when I was a kid, we just drank when we were thirsty. And it's a really, it, it raises an interesting point because when you look at um, when you look at finance, and this is the thing we're trying to do, I think, with the four Fs is say to people, what are the characteristics that we've mentioned and how are they? How do you adapt them to each, uh, to each of the four Fs? And the thing about um, fitness is it's like, like finance. It's become this huge industry. And so now you've got to be a bit more sceptical of the science and the, the polarisation. Oh, you've got to be a vegan. Oh, you've got to be a carnivore. Oh, you've got to be low fat or, you know, you've got to be high fat and low carb. Basically, the science, if you read it all, makes absolute sense. And so, again, you've really got to take a step back and say, 
what suits me and provided that it, it, it works, then you should stick at it. I mean, if just Warren Buffett's 90, eats meat, drinks Coca-Cola, you know, blah, blah, blah. But he still, you know, if I could do that and get to 90, I'd be pretty happy with that as an end result. Yeah, I think, um, well, this is a um, something that I've referenced before. Back in, I think it was the early 1960s, there was this thing called the Milgram Experiment where um, it was a test designed to understand obedience to authority. And it was the basic concept was there was a guy in a white lab coat saying, right, you can administer an electric shock to oh, yeah. uh, our test cases if they get a question wrong. And then with each question they get wrong, you dial up the shock and the, the, I guess it was literally a shocking experiment because what it concluded was that most people would <laughs> administer a lethal electric shock to somebody for getting a quiz question wrong if somebody in a white lab coat told them to. Um, and it's it's quite uh, very concerning when you think about uh, the history of the world and how um, people have had that obedience to authority. And I, I think to a certain degree that, that applies to things like health advice because uh, I think sometimes it, it's important to consider who's actually funding yeah. these studies, as you already alluded to with Coca-Cola and the need to drink water. But, you know, we've seen the same thing uh, with um, processed foods. We've seen a lot of the advice with regards to sugar. Um, I, I did a, um, a program in the UK, the, the Joe Wicks program, it's called. And um, the, the big thing I took away from it was just, uh, just how much processed sugar I used to yeah. eat. I, I just couldn't believe it when I started checking things that I used to think of as, in adverted commas, healthy food like muesli bars. And I was like, gee, where's there's like 45 yeah, grams yeah. of sugar in these things? <laughs> that's why <laughs> and, you like them. <laughs> yeah, well, that's right. No wonder I was eating five a day. But, uh, yeah, that, I mean, the, I found that was a huge change for me, uh, just an awareness of how much sugar is in a lot of um, processed food. And I've really changed my diet as a result. Uh, so definitely it's important to be sceptical as to where some of this advice is coming from. We've certainly seen it in sugar, uh, probably with regards to how much protein you need over the years. Um, and I think um, I'm just thinking back, and I mentioned my dad before, both of my uh, parents were smokers when I was a youngster. And we used to sit in the back of the car, me and my brothers, and we'd be <laughs> literally like choking with all the smoke. And then we'd get on the school bus uh, to school and the upstairs of the bus you couldn't even see the front or the roof because there was that much smoke around and I, I think intuitively we all knew it wasn't good because you could barely breathe but you know the advice at the time it was only really just starting to become a thing to to advise people that, hey that smoking might not be good for you so I think it, it's important to be skeptical and probably one of the use, most useful pieces of advice I've heard on this is simply to learn to listen to your body because mm. I think quite often if you actually pay attention uh, foods or intake that your body disagrees with your body will actually try and tell you yeah absolutely I was just thinking while you while you were saying that that it's that it's the same thing in finance but more importantly that that thing you were saying about your body your body tells you and a lot of the time that's where people mistake, logic and intuition in the sense of your body is actually saying to you, dude, you've got to stop this, you know, it's not very good. But you've read the advice or the science that says, no, 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 you've got to keep ploughing through it. And it was the same with um, what you were saying before about the, the changing nature of it. You know, like years ago 
they were promoting smoking. You know, smoking was actually good for you. Um, and they did the same with oils and sugar. And just as a little bit way of background, essentially what happened was the industry started promoting sugar and uh, promoting fat, sorry, as the enemy, not sugar. Um, so, you know, and hence the reason why eating a balanced diet was really good. But the only problem was that it was more like, you know, it was completely unbalanced. Um, so it, it's made it difficult, I think, these days to try and work out, even if we even if we say, oh, look, you're a type 7 and I'm a type 5 and, you know, that person's a type 2, it makes it hard because there's so much sort of commercial benefit and profit from it. So, you know, it, it's not it's not really simple advice anymore. And in the thing that we do, Pete, you know, in our, um, our programs is our, we've got eight principles for investing and you sort of think, well, geez, you know, is that it? I really only need eight principles. And it's a little bit like fitness where it's like, well, look, everybody's got a certain, you know, you can finesse it a little bit, but, you know, get off your bum, do a bit of exercise, don't eat too much crap, and you'll probably do all right. You know, you can finesse it a little bit from there, but generally that's the outline. Yeah, I think, as you said, common sense is a big part of it. Interesting, yeah, you mentioned smoking there. I mean, that, that used to be portrayed as something that was very glamorous yeah. to do back in the movies. And I, I think, yeah, that's a, another important point. I, I sometimes um, you get these reports on my mobile phone saying, oh, your weekly screen time you know, and it's it's actually terrifying when you see how many hours of the week you spend looking at a screen. But um, it's an important point in terms of being wary of advertising because uh, these days, well, you can wake up, you can read the news on a screen, then you go to the office and you look at a computer screen and, you know, you go to the gym after work and then you, you, you lined up all these machines in front of more screens and, you know, you're practically bombarded with, with advertising 24-7. And that's even before you take into account um, adverts by the side of the road and so on. Uh, so, yeah, definitely be a bit wary of advertising. And it's not just uh, things like smoking and food intake. I mean, it, certainly when I was growing up, um, alcohol advertising was just ubiquitous. It was Cinzano, but it was also Harp Lager, Guinness. And it, it always sort of portrayed the idea of something that was quite glamorous and sexy and uh, not that I needed much encouragement to be a heavy drinker <laughs> as a young Englishman. I thought but, you, I thought you were going to say sexy. <laughs> <laughs> no, not, no, not not team pints of Guinness, but uh, yeah. But I think the same applies right across the industry. And as you said, the most important thing probably is to tie it back to common sense. You know, things like natural foods, fruit and veg. Yes. Learn to listen to your body. Absolutely. And I think um, we'll come on as well to in a moment, talk about the nine different personality types and how that feeds into the, the concept of fitness. Um, so let's um, talk about uh, fitness as it relates to exercise, because again, there's no one size fits all here. And I think it's also dynamic, because uh, I look at, well, my father, for example, he used to be very much into running, but then he had problems with his knees. And then later on, you know, he's moved towards something a bit more uh, sedate or something that he can cope with that isn't damaging to his body. So I think fitness, just like in finance, you really need to think about your own specific needs and ideally something that you enjoy doing as well. Yeah, I think so. The the two things you think about really is 
how much exercise do you need and how often do you need to do it? You know, some people talk about doing it every day. Others talk about, you know, the high intensity method. So you only need 15 minutes a day so long as you go gangbusters during those 15 minutes. Or alternatively, you know, you can do it every day on a 70% effort basis. And I think really it depends on how old you are and how long you've been doing certain exercises, whether you've exercised, whether you've been, you know, a, a, an active exercise person all your life or whether you get to it later because you've had a heart attack or, you know, something like that. So I suppose it's the that sort of characteristic we talk about with balance, you know, because it depends, again, on what your personal needs are. And I think it's the same with they sort of say, well, if you're overweight, well, you know, don't go at it too crazy because you'll end up giving yourself a heart attack. So you've got to work yourself into it. And it's a little bit the same about what we say in finance. You know, a lot of the mistakes people make in finance are from going at it too hard. You know, so people people learn about investing. And like a lot of people at the moment, you, you see they spend a lot of money buying crypto or they become convinced very early that, you know, the first book they've ever read is the best way to go about it, which is a bit like, well, actually, no, you want to you want to go a little bit broader than that. Um, and that's what I think perversely turns people off doing exercise. If you start doing it, you overdo it, you hurt, and you go, that's enough for me. I'm going to, you know, I'll try something else. Oh, for sure, yeah. I mean, that's something I've learned is that you've got to enjoy what you do. I think the, the idea of no pain, no gain, it, it might work for a week or two, but eventually you're just going to find excuses not to do something if it's too hard. Uh, I think with, on the exercise front, this is something that I've learned over the years for me anyway, is that I think when I was younger, I did exercise partly you know, to look good and for vanity and stuff. But as I've got older, uh, particularly when I became self-employed, I found that exercise was just really useful for me um, just in terms of mental health, uh, mental clarity. I think you get the endorphin hit from exercise as well. And I've found um, there's almost no bad attitude that I've got that can't be solved by going for a run. And in fact, I sometimes uh, say to Heather, I say, look, if if you see me uh, carrying on like a pork chop, uh, just tell me to go outside and go for a run because within half an hour, 45 minutes, I come back with a, a completely different frame of mind the other thing i've found as well over the years is that i've had almost never had a good idea sitting in front of the laptop i I don't think there's any creative juices that flow you get distracted by social media you've got the the inbox to clear but you can have a lot of um a lot more mental clarity when you're out and about exercising whether that's in the garden or doing weights or going for a run or a walk or whatever it is that you do and finally one other thing that i've really found enjoyable in recent years is the simple act of going for a walk with somebody because you have more meaningful conversations you get out and see a bit of the countryside or I guess in your case Kedron Brook maybe but yep. uh, I think it's uh, it's, a, it's an underrated uh, pastime just going for it simply going for a walk and getting away from the computer screen. Yeah Nassim Taleb talks about the creative juices or walking what you were saying before walking with someone and just talking and not walk, not power walking, you know, that was all the rage about 10 years ago. It's actually just walking and getting the benefit of just chatting to somebody 
And, and a lot of it, I think, these days, because of our modern lifestyle, it's really, and what you were saying before about, you know, go and go for a run, is really about de-stressing rather than saying, I've got to exercise for, like you were saying, to look good and those sorts of things. It, the physical exercise, exercise really ties into the psycho, your psychological state of mind. And I think that's one thing that the fitness industry these days, but also just generally, we're a lot more aware of the benefits of fitness on our psychology, not just on our bodies. And I think that's a really, really important element. I might have said last week or I've written on the Friday tips, I go for a walk basically every day for half an hour. I don't knock myself out. But like you say, I often think, oh, would I look like an idiot if I pull out the iPhone and start, you know, dictating notes and stuff because you just get really good. (laughs) (laughs) I'll answer that one for you. Thanks. Um, (laughs) Yeah, that's why I try to think, oh, no, just write it down, don't. (laughs) But it's it's true, you know, like it's, it's just conducive to generally feeling better overall. And I think that's why, you know, we sort of thought fitness is a really one of the four Fs because it's really crucial in both your physical fitness but also your psychological fitness as well, you know. Yeah, for sure. So I think um, to to close out this talk today on the second of the four Fs fitness, um, there's a couple of things, Steve. One is um, the nine personality types and the other thing is, as we mentioned in the first episode in this mini-series, there are um, eight characteristics that that kind of apply across each of the four Fs. So let's cover those off. I think in terms of the characteristics, can't even say the word, I think balance is obviously an important thing. Uh, You you don't want to overdo it or give yourself an injury. Um, I think the same applies to diet as well. Discipline, I think that's fairly self-explanatory. And we mentioned uh, being dynamic because you will change over time, so will your lifestyle. I think an important one here is is potentially thought. I think, um, as you said, there's a lot of conflicting information out there. I, I think one that springs to mind maybe 15 or 20 years ago, there was an awful lot of people pushing the idea of um, the low-fat diet, which yes. kind of makes sense at first blush. But then when you start seeing some of the products that were, in inverted commas, low-fat, they were absolutely pumped full of yes. either sugar or sugar replacements. Um, so I think it, it, it pays to be sceptical, but actually probably just more more common or more broadly just to be thoughtful about what you're doing. Yes. And I suppose the other one of the characteristics that – seems intuitively to fit here is is persistence i think um you know you need to keep going and keep finding ways to make it fun and enjoyable you uh, mentioned before we came on almost the uh, the old nike slogan of just do it i think um that is for me anyway one of the most important things when it comes to exercise is actually just starting i think um you know whether whether you have a great workout session or a terrible one the, the, probably 90% of the battle is actually just getting started and just getting off your backside. Yeah, I think the uh, few of the characteristics are more important than the others, but I think you covered them there. The thing I suppose I think about as generally what we were talking about in finance too, which is the similarities across the, the four Fs, and one of them is sometimes we get carried away in terms of perfection you have to look the best that you can look, you know. You have to achieve the highest deadlift or the fastest run or, you know, the maximum uh, number of calories or 
those sorts of things. And that, that I think, is really bad if it doesn't suit you. And a lot of the time I've found, Pete, that it doesn't suit that many people because you've got to be sort of overly dedicated. And what I've found is it tends to chew up a lot of your thinking to the point where you start to get a bit obsessional about it. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, you, you've mentioned before, Steve, when it comes to the idea of the um, the investment portfolio and broad framing, you know, yeah. if you've got 15 positions and one of them makes a loss, well, you've got to look at it in the context of your overall portfolio yeah. and don't beat yourself up because that's, you know, that's the nature of investing. But it's exactly the same when it comes to fitness, you know, your eating plan, your exercise, just because you have one bad day, it doesn't mean... <laughs> You've ruined everything. Uh, I've certainly seen this when it comes to uh, my mum with smoking or drinking. <laughs> you know, she, she'll manage to go a week without a cigarette and then she'll have one and say, oh, well, that's it. I've ruined everything. <laughs> and so, well, well, maybe if you were thinking, you know, take a broad framing approach. And it's, it's the same with diet. You know, if people can stay off sugar for a week, uh, just because you have one cake, it doesn't mean you've, you've ruined all of that good work and you're back to day one and there's no point. Now, try and use a bit of a broad framing technique because nobody's going to be perfect on this stuff. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, that's a really good point because we do, as I say, you tend to get a bit perfectionist on these sorts of things because they also rise in importance in your in your your whole life. So it's valuable to sort of, again, sit down and just take a bit of a deep breath, reassess whether you say, Look, you know, that's a really good exercise program, but now I'm working longer hours. All right, well, if I'm working longer hours, I'll have to change from going to the gym every day for an hour to going twice a week for half an hour, and so I'm going to have to readjust the program and go harder in those half hours. You know, to look at those ways that you adapt to all your lifestyle, which is your work, you know, the old Mars stuff, work, rest and play. But like you said that in the end there, the, the the really important part, and that was that great part of Nike's slogan was, you know, just do it. And it's sort of that persistence where, look, doesn't matter if it's walking or gardening or hard exercise, just so long as you keep going, generally you'll get the benefits from it. And I think that's really the, the sort of bottom takeaway in terms of what the, the fitness aspect is. Yeah, so uh, now on the nine personality types, Steve, have you got any tips for the type seven personalities? Because I think we've found that of our listeners, maybe about 50% are of that personality type, people who like freedom, adventure, yep. they don't like to be constrained by the nine to five or a boss telling them what to do. I, I've, I think for the type seven personality, uh, when it comes to things like fitness, eating, exercise, the hard thing is actually sticking to the plan. I think type sevens love to, you know, love to make a plan for the future. But then when it comes to Monday morning and actually executing the plan, um, we do know that the type personality, uh, the type seven personality, doesn't really like the idea of pain. You tend to walk away from pain, yeah. and therefore, uh, so do you have any tips for people who uh, they come up with a, a plan to do something, but then they just can't execute? I mean, an obvious thing that springs to mind is to do your do your supermarket shopping and, and stock the house with the food that you're yeah. uh, you're planning to eat for the full week because that way you're kind of uh, limiting the damage that you can do at home. But are there any other tips you can think of for people who have difficulty in actually executing on the plan they've put together? From my personal experience, 
because, like you said, we don't like the pain is not a bad thing for sevens. But what I've noticed is I tend to um, exercise like I invest, which is I don't do much, but then I have intense periods of exercise. So I will do probably 15 minutes of weights per day, but it will be quite intense, but that's that's it. I think the other thing is too, that shortens the pain barrier. And um read a really great thing from Dan Early, Early, if that's his name, predictably unpredictable or something, where he said, if you know something painful is coming up, then the best thing to deal with it is deal with it in the shortest amount of time. Um, so let me give you an example. When I get a speeding fine, rather than let it sit there on the desk for three weeks and think, you know, I'm going to pay it at the last minute, it's better to go, got a speeding fine, right, pay it, get rid of it, that's it, done and dusted. And that that you move on. And I think in terms of exercise, I've always preferred shorter, harder bursts. But the other thing I noticed too, Pete, is I vary it. I honestly would say to you, I don't even have a program. You know, I'll spend a month where I live in an apartment so I can run up the stairs. So I'll do that for three weeks and then I'll go, right, that's enough of that. Then I'll go back to walking. I'll do some weights. You know, so then when I do weights, I say, right, I'm going to do you know, I'm going to do it every day, then I do it three days a week, then I do it heavy, then I do it light. I think the idea for sevens is just if you want to stick to a plan, you can, but I think it's quite hard. And the, the best thing to do to, to avoid disappointing yourself is is just keep doing some form of exercise and, and acknowledging that part about going, yep, look, I can't stick to doing a plan, but so long as I do something, I'll be all right over the, you know, and as life goes on. Yeah, and uh, bloody hell, we could do an entire episode on uh, speeding fines. I've been, <laughs> I've, been, <laughs> I've been racking up demerits across two continents over the past 24 months, and I'm not even a fast driver. I just keep, keep, oh, right, keep getting yeah, dinged. Okay. At, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, keep, I keep getting dinged at just 10% over the, the speed limit. And, uh, yeah, I'm getting to the point where I'm starting to think I might need to throw three points towards Heather's license and uh, claim I was in the passenger seat. Uh, so uh, anyway, that's, <laughs> that, that's probably outside of the four Fs, but uh, yeah, I need to, need to uh, drive a bit slower. So I think um, to wrap up today on, on the fitness part of the four Fs, Steve, I think, um, well, firstly, remember the Milgram experiment, because uh, these days that if you're looking for confirmation of something, you'll find somebody in a white lab coat who's recommending it. I think it's important to be, healthily skeptical when it comes to uh, the concept of diet and fitness and of course there is no one size fits all not least because there are nine different personality types but I think overall you've got to find something particularly on the exercise front that is enjoyable something that works for you and to try and remember those eight characteristics so some level of balance tends to be good don't overdo it a bit of discipline persistence is important and for some people having some kind of a schedule might help but that's not for everybody I think an awful lot of it as well Steve just comes back to the good old-fashioned idea of common sense and learning to listen to your body you know we, we always talk about the the broad idea of the nine types is to know thyself and what we're trying to do is say to people you've got to know yourself in each of those four f areas you know because again if you don't know yourself, then you're, you, you're potentially either going down the wrong path, you're trying to put your square peg in a round hole, you know, by saying, oh, well, 
this is what the experts say, so I have to do it like this. Even though it's unenjoyable or it feels wrong or whatever, you still try to maintain that. And I, I think you find if you can swing it because you know how you, um, how you need to exercise because of your lifestyle and that sort of thing, I think that makes it a lot easier for everybody uh, on an individual level. So, I mean, really, you know, you think about it. There's heaps of, there's heaps of ways to get to stay fit and healthy. Um, depends on your lifestyle, your schedule, all of those sorts of things. And, and I think an important point, what you said before, Pete, which is basically don't think you've, you've ruined it because you missed out on one workout or, you, you know, you slipped in a piece of cheesecake or something like that. Yeah, broad, broad framing. It's, it's a useful concept in finance and it, it definitely is in fitness and health too. So uh, I think that's about it for today. We'll wrap it up there. So we've now covered philosophy and fitness. So next week on the next episode of our 4Fs mini-series, we'll be looking at fun. So it should literally be a fun episode <laughs> next week, Steve. So uh, We're talking about Jeffrey Boycott. He provides hours of fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's well, whatever works for you. So uh, thanks for joining today, everyone. We'll uh, see you next week. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you want to know more, you can download a free chapter and extra bonuses from our new book, Low Rates, High Returns. Just visit www.lowrateshighreturns.com forward slash book to download your free copy. The things we've discussed in this episode shouldn't be taken as financial advice and we recommend you reach out to a licensed professional advisor who can help you with your unique circumstances. Stephen and I are both on LinkedIn and Twitter, so do reach out and connect with us. And finally, it'd be great if you could subscribe and leave us a review. It really helps others to find the show. Now take care and invest wisely. Cheers.